Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkin. Say with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season four, episode five, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Things going okay for you? I've had a good week. I've good had a good deal. week. I, I'm pastoring two churches. Uh, they're both in the middle of uh, of huge changes. Uh, in, in the directions that both churches are going. And this has been a good week, working with the lawyers and uh, my bosses and everyone else. This has been a good week. So I, I'm in good mood tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what we can do about that. You need an attitude adjustment, my dear. <laughs> let's see if we can dissuade you from that, from that position, sir. <laughs> All right. Last week, we covered verses 1 through 16 of the book of Jude. Yes. Where are we going to go tonight? We're going to finish the uh, the book, finish the letter, verses 17 through 25. All right. And what version are you reading from tonight? Tonight, it really doesn't matter which translation you're working from. They're all going to be very, very similar. So I'm back to our standard, the New Living Translation. All righty then. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Amen. All right. So, real quick, let's just kind of give back up just a touch and kind of kind of give us a recap, if you will, yeah. of the first part of Jude, just in case somebody wasn't listening to last week's right. episode and they're catching up. So, give us a quick overview of, of the first part of Jude that we covered last week. Right. Well, we agreed that the author of the book is uh, the little brother of Jesus, the third youngest brother of Jesus, Judas, um, and who is interesting because for the majority of his life, he was not a believer. He doubted that his older brother was the Christ. In fact, he he thought, we know from two different places in Scripture, that he thought his older brother might just be mentally unwell with all of these claims and all of these, these new things he was teaching. But after the resurrection, Jesus appears to his brothers, and Jude becomes a stout believer. 
Uh, he develops, uh, we don't know that he ever pastored a church, but he develops a sermon that he preaches uh, around the year 85 to 95. He develops a sermon that he preaches against heresy, uh, particularly against antinomianism and Gnosticism, travels around Jerusalem preaching that sermon. Um, he apparently doesn't want to travel real far, so instead of, of heading up like into uh, Turkey uh, and into those areas, the sermon gets written down. It becomes the book of Jude. We don't know if this is the entire sermon. More than likely, this is a, a very abbreviated version uh, of it. It's the high points, all of the main points uh, stacked together one after another. And that becomes our book. And throughout the book, he advocates what we call apostolic orthodoxy. Uh, if Jesus taught us something and we teach it to you, you're not allowed to change it. It has to stay the same. Right. Um, we talked about it. Um, we learned from Jesus and then we taught you, and therefore what we tell you is close as you're going to get to hearing it from Jesus. Exactly. And what we say is the truth. We talked about in the books of Second and Third John. Right. The truth is what Jesus taught us, and that's what we taught you. We didn't stray. Right. We taught you the truth. And so if you're straying from what we've taught you, you're wrong. You're nearing some bad times, and you need to get right. And so we, we've sent out multiple teachers, and we've sent out ourselves to come and talk to you about this is the way it really is, and stop listening to these outsiders who are trying to corrupt you and our faith. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting. Um, okay. So jumping in, yep. um, we kind of jump in at verse 17. Um, I'm going to ask you this. He says, but you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you, told you that in the last times there will be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. So did Jesus prophesy about these heresies? He does. Um, uh, if you go through the Gospels, you can find numerous uh, prophecies of Jesus contained in the Gospels the, the, where he very clearly says, look, in the end times, people are going to tell lies about me. They're going to try to usurp our faith and corrupt our church. Um, and, and one of the biggest lies they're going to tell you is he's not coming back. Right. He'd been dead too long. He's not coming back. Jesus gives us advance warning on all of this. In uh, the verse 17, the way you are, our text reads it is, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. In some other versions, it will say, remember the predictions of the apostles. We believe, you know, we, we, we last week we talked about Jude has quoted from the book, The Assumption of Moses, which was an apocryphal book, and he quoted from uh, First Enoch, which is an apocryphal book written by people who had never met Jesus, uh, and, and their stories about the end of the world. We know the apostles did some writing, got together, collaborated, and did some writing. One of the books that still is with us to this day is called the Didache. It's the teaching of the Twelve, is what that means in Greek. And it's how to do church. I have no idea how to breathe. Right? Mm -hmm. how, to, how to do a baptism, how to serve communion, um, what to do about visiting preachers, so that no matter where you worshipped, orthodoxy would prevail. Uh, church would be the same whether you're in Turkey or whether you're in Syria or whether you're in Israel. Church should be the same. The how-to on how to church. Yes. Okay. Well, we've got 
historical references outside the Bible to another book which circulated called Predictions of the Apostles. Hmm. Uh, and uh, that's what we think Jude is referring to here, yet another book. We wouldn't call this one Apocrypha. Uh, this one was never a candidate or never tried to get itself into the Bible. And although it's called Predictions of the Apostles, what it really is is prophecies of Jesus all collected down and put in one place. There are no surviving copies. Uh, we can't look at one today and go, here's exactly uh, word for word what it said. But That's we've too got bad. pretty good evidence <laughs> that that they were so aware Jesus prophesied. He told us the future of our church. We need to write this down so other people will know it in case we're dead and, and, and they need to know before Jesus comes back. So right. while it's called predictions of the apostles, it's actually prophecies of Jesus. And it predicts heresy. Yeah. It's not surprising. No. I mean, just playing, you know, the silly old children's game telephone. Right? Yeah. You tell the yeah. story, you tell the story. <laughs> it gets corrupted. No matter how hard you try in the game, it gets corrupted. And so I think in this case, the apostles were doing their very best to keep things rounded up, right? So you, yeah. instead of just letting the, the story pass from person to person, yeah. I'll go out and jump in the middle of the circle and say, no, or you know, I'll go to that edge of the circle, talk to that person and say, no, this is what really happened. Yeah. Don't let, you know, don't go astray. This is the truth. And so that's all they could do, right? Because the, the church and the word was spreading quickly at this time. It was just blasting throughout the new, well, the old world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and then power-hungry corruptors, I don't know how else to put them, people want to come in and, you know, hey, they look like they're a great group of people that I could corrupt to my own, to follow me instead, and I'll have all kinds of power and influence, and we can do whatever we want and blame it on Jesus. Are we the baddies? Yes. Right? So yes. lots of that corruption was rampant everywhere, and so yeah. the, the apostles did the best they could to kind, kind of rein that in and get it under control before it got too far out of control. Um. And then the church fathers took over from that, but that's the only way it could it could could have maintained the the truth, if yes. you will, yeah. um, as, through the ages, because we're two thousand years now removed from the original, right? So there's all we have is the words they wrote down and how it was interpreted at the time, and tradition, tradition, and yes. we have tradition of how we do things. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we're kind of Sometimes to me, it's scary that we're 2,000 years away. <laughs> and have we really remained that true to what really was taught? You know, it, because it's 2,000 years away and it could be, we could have really blown it by now. <laughs> in, the, in the year 335 BC, before Jesus, uh, Alexander the Great conquers most of the known world. And one of the things he does is all religious texts have to be written in Greek. No more writing them in your own languages. I want to be able to read what your religion believes. And that included what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. It had to be translated into Greek. Uh, that Greek translation we call the Septuagint. You and I have talked about where mm -hmm. that name comes from. Um, and when Jesus is born and comes along, that's pretty much the only Bible that's around, the Septuagint. In 1948, uh, a shepherd boy uh, in Israel throws a rock into a cave, busts open a jar, hears it, and this is the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And they are super significant because they're written in Hebrew, mm -hmm. in the original language. There's Most, like almost complete books 
from, you know, hundreds of years before the jar. And um, what's really awesome is when you compare the Dead Sea Scrolls to the Greek surviving versions, they're almost perfectly the same. Because it was the Word of God, people were super careful uh, when you made copies, when you wrote it down, to get it right. And I've got to believe the apostles, when they when they wrote the four Gospels uh, especially, um, it was critical to them to get it right. Don't don't say, don't, you know, summarize for Jesus. Don't put words in Jesus's mouth. This is the word. We now agree after the resurrection, he is the son of right. God. <laughs> so don't mess with his words. They're important. And, and so I, I trust and I believe uh, that the New Testament that's been handed down to us is perfectly the words of Jesus. And, and that's why I'm so dogmatic on if it ain't in the Bible, I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to be hard-pressed to believe it. That's my orthodoxy, is the apostles fought hard to get us what Jesus said. That's what we've got to rely on. But they're still, even today, they're still corruptors. Yes. Right? Yes, there are. You can pick a phrase yeah. and say, well, this really means is, you know, because yes. I have secret knowledge, right? Gnosticism is alive and well <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> in today. So let me ask you this. Did we talked about what the apostles? Apostles said were prophecies of Jesus. Did Jesus actually prophesy about antinomianism and Gnosticism? No, he did not name them by name. But what Jesus is is really careful to do in all of his prophecies are label. One of the ways you identify a heresy is that it's self-serving. It benefits the person advocating the heresy. Um. Christianity is supposed to be about serving your neighbor, about, right? right? I love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? That they will know we are Christians by our love. It's all supposed to be about taking care of each other. Heresy reverses that. In heresy, it's all about what the rest of you need to be doing for me. Right. And, and that's how Jesus identified heresies in general was they will benefit the person spreading them. They won't benefit the lambs, the people that we love. Interesting. Jude um, takes in verse 18 and 19, just a moment there to point out that Christians are inhabited by the Holy Spirit. And the Gnostics had said, well, yeah, there are these sparks that got sent out into the universe, and if you catch one of those sparks, uh, then you have true secret knowledge. Jude takes a moment here to go, not not the same thing. (laughs) Not the same thing. Our Holy Spirit and your sparks have nothing to do with each other, and we pray in the Holy Spirit, not because we have a spark of special knowledge. We pray because God, the Holy Spirit, carries our prayers to God the Father. Okay, so basically the first half of this book is, we said this last week, but he wanted to come out and talk to people about, hey, the good news, Yeah, you know, everything's great, we Salvation. love Jesus, we love, you know, Je- yeah. Jesus loves us, uh, but I'm, and instead I have to actually talk to you about these heresies that are going on. I'm thinking about verse 20, where we pick up today, um, I think he turns it around and tries to go that way. He starts talking about, but your dear friends must build each other up, right? He kind of gets, he gets to the uplifting part. He he wants to get that part in, right? Yeah. I didn't just come here to beat you down. I came here to, (laughs) to improve, you know, your, your, your faith. I want to show you that 
we all love each other and I love you. And so he, he turns us and kind of tries to build everybody up. And in fact, he kind of calls for what you might call early um, evangelism. Yeah. Right. Um, this verse 22, um, show mercy to those whose faith is wavering, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. So help people, Yeah. right? Reach out and help people. Um, and then he says, and some people can't be saved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a know, way of saying that, you yeah. Know? Um, he says, um, show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution because they might, they might be beyond, or they're gonna, they have the potential to damage your faith. So be yeah. very, very careful around some people because they may not be as receptive to the to the uh, to the message you're bringing. That verse um, 22, it ends, uh, in ours, it says, uh, show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. That's where we get the, this verse is where we get the well-known phrase, love the sinner, hate the sin. It comes from verse 22 there. I have that note. Yeah. (laughs) like That's exactly where that came from, isn't it? What really is Jude's cure for all this heresy? It's it's interesting. Um, He has... Three parts. Uh, and part one is pray together. So not just by yourself, but pray corporately with the other people in your church in the Holy Spirit. And, and by that, I think he means um, if somebody comes to you with something new, all of you get together and pray about, is this from God or is this from man? And the Holy Spirit dwelling within all of you should show you the truth, should push you in the right direction. So trust God to guide you away from heresy. That's step one. Step two is to pray for the others, and and this is the hard part, including the heretics, Yeah, to pray for their salvation, for them to realize the damage they're doing to themselves and potentially to others, and for them to repent, turn around, uh, and worship the true Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, the last step uh, that he has is, you know, follow the teachings of the apostles, because that goes back to Jesus. Right. Kind of back to the heap burning coals on their head idea, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on this one? Nope. It's a short section uh, of, a, of a, a topic that we've, we've broached for three weeks now. So Three is a magic number. Guess what? We're not going to go 30 minutes on this one. <laughs> we finally broke the rule. <laughs> okay. This is an interesting book. Um, not yeah. one we usually cover, just because it does kind of delve off into some unknown texts for yeah. those Christians today. Yeah. Um, it would have been probably relevant at the time. We talked about that last week. But uh, it's a very interesting book. Where are we going next? So uh, next Sunday will be the first Sunday in November, and in the liturgical church, that's All Saints Sunday. So we are going to, uh, uh, next week, we'll we'll talk about life after death and uh, the people that we know and love and look forward to seeing again when we get to heaven and, and join the rest of our true family. That'll be next week. Okay. And then the week after that, we're going to hit one more short epistle, one more minor epistle. Uh, we're going to do Paul's letter to Philemon. Okay. Have you given a sermon title yet? Calling it Orthodoxy Part 3. Three in a row. Huh? I'm, I'm so unique and original. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that, pull it down to Sermons. Look for the sermon Orthodoxy 3. 
And this will have been delivered on October 30th, 2022. And now for your favorite part, the dad joke. You yes. Ready? Yes. All right. No, don't do it. Uh, where do dads store their dad jokes? I don't know. In a data base. <laughs> really? <laughs> and with that, I think we better quit. Quit while you're ahead. We'll close this episode. Uh, this is Ken Corkins and Rock Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. Really?